Well, most of us have been celebrating already. Some of you are going to celebrate again today. Our house last night, we had 32 people. It's about three square feet per person. And most of them were large. But we all have fun, right? That's what Cindy kept telling me as I was doing dishes at 11.15. Wasn't that fun? I said, oh, praise the Lord, that was so much fun. Can we do it again today? And she said, yes, we can. You know, we, we have all those presents that we went shopping for. I'm sure most all of us here shop for presents. And I don't know about you, but that's not my favorite thing either. You know, you go into the stores and it's what size do they wear? What color will they like? What style? Will they like this toy? Have they already got this toy? And then you get to the day, you know, they have that Black, is it Black Friday? Is that what they call it? Black Friday where everybody looks, plans are shopping. And then what do they call Monday when everybody takes things back? Something, take it back Monday? I know there's people that plan their Monday to go shopping to take everything back and exchange it. And I think, golly, that seems like we wasted a lot of time before Christmas shopping. You know, all kinds of people all around the world buying all kinds of gifts, giving all these gifts. And so many of them aren't what people wanted. Wouldn't it be nice if you could just go into a store and there was one gift for everyone? Everyone. Doesn't matter whether you're boy or girl, man or woman. Doesn't matter whether you're young or old. Doesn't make any difference whatsoever. All you had to go in is say, how many people on our list? 17. Okay, I need 17 of those. That would be perfect shopping. Well, the message of this morning, the title of my message is The Greatest Gift, and that greatest gift is that type of gift. And it's the gift that everybody needs, even though not everybody seems to want it. And a lot of people don't think they need it, but it is the gift that's the most important gift, the most valuable gift. And we call it a baby in a manger, and really what we really need to say to remind ourselves of what it truly is, it's God in a baby's form, in a crib, a manger. It's God. God in the flesh. A few weeks ago, we talked about the incarnation, that word that simply means God in the flesh. Emmanuel, God with us. What we are celebrating is really God coming to earth himself in the form of God the Son and being born in a manger. The seed of God, not the seed of man, so the sin of man wasn't transferred on. We have a a sinless baby in a manger. Sinless baby. God in the flesh. On Christmas, what we celebrate is the fact that God gave us the gift of his own son, Jesus. And I like to stress, it's really him giving of himself to each one of us. The love that he has for us is so great that he gave himself for us. You and I, there is no way we can imagine what Jesus left when he left heaven, where he'd spent eternity with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. He left heaven and came to earth. He humbled himself, and instead of being this God the Son that had existed from eternity past and will exist for eternity future, and he, he limited himself to flesh and bone. Just those sacrifices are hard for us to imagine, impossible for us to imagine. And then knowing that he came for one purpose, to redeem us, to die on a cross. Mind-boggling how much God loves us if we could just begin to comprehend that kind of love in a greater, greater way. It would change everything that we think about. It would change the way we live. It would change everything. 
And I know for human beings, as human beings, it's just so hard for us to comprehend all that. But that is the reality. A scripture that everybody's probably familiar with in John 3.16, for God so loved the world. That's how much he loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, his only son. There was no more sons, just one, Jesus, the only son of God, that all who would believe in him may have eternal life. That really is the Christmas gift that's available to all, eternal life in the presence of God. And I, I, I would wish that the scripture would sometimes add that because the reality is we all have eternal life. Our spirit will live eternally. Just two different destinations. There is a fork in the road that takes place. Eternity separated from God in hell. Eternity in his presence in heaven. And that's what the gift of Christmas is really all about. The gift itself is Jesus. Jesus is the gift. The gift he offers. In John 17, or 15, 15, it says, I no longer call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all the things I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. So often we say things like, boy, it would be nice to know more about God. Jesus came to show us God. He came to reveal God to us. And one of the things he revealed more clearly than anything else was how much he loves us how much he cares for us, and how much he was willing to sacrifice for us. He calls us friends. We can be friends of God. Wouldn't it be nice, and isn't it nice to be a friend of God instead of an enemy of God? Boy, if you can't say amen to that, you need to respond in a few minutes. We do not want to be the enemy of God. Sin is the enemy of God. God loves all his creation, but As sinners, we are considered enemies of God. There is enmity between us and him. But the moment we accept the gift of Christmas, the gift of Jesus, the gift of salvation, we become his friend. And even better than that, we become his child. It gives us an opportunity to know him and to love him, but to be known by him and to be loved by him. In John chapter 17, verse 3, it says, This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That's the gift. The gift of Christmas. But like all gifts, the question always is, have you received the gift? You know, I, I talked to some people. I even read, How many of you know who Megyn Kelly is? As if we care, right? She was really ticked at somebody. Who, who makes those photo things? What's that company you can send your pictures in and get all? Shutterfly. Oh, she was angry with Shutterfly. She was going crazy on Shutterfly because they said they were going to get her Christmas cards to her and they didn't get them to her on time. (sighs) I'd ruin my Christmas. But it makes all these news and headlines because of who she is and what she missed at Christmas. I'm thinking, boy, does she have a clue what Christmas is really about? And so much of the world doesn't. You've got to receive the gift, and the value of the gift. Now, I hope I'm not talking about any of us here, but many, many, many people do not see the value of this gift. They do not see the value of God coming to earth in the flesh as a baby. They don't see the value. It's almost as if we could go to the manger and miss the baby altogether. We could be mesmerized by the animals if they were there. 
You know, we could be looking at all. You know, it's almost as if when the wise men showed up at the house, it says they showed up at the house and they knelt down and they offered up gold, frankincense, and myrrh. It would almost be like we all followed these three magi or however many there really were. We followed the magi there. We were all excited. And when they opened up the gifts, all we see is the gifts instead of the Savior. We see the presence instead of God in the flesh. It would show, and it does show, what people value. What do we value more than Christ? Do we value all of the the trinkets and the toys of life? So many of us spend our whole life chasing the trinkets and the toys, no matter how important we think they are. And we're so enamored with all of that. I I know some of us, and I've talked to so many people, all they're focused on are the blessings of God instead of God. Now, the blessings of God are great, but He's the source of all the blessings. We get our eyes on the blessings instead of on God, we're going to find ourselves in a bad place. And so much of the world is chasing the trinkets, the treasures, that the world tells us are the most important. I know people in my own family that actually literally say things like, well, you've you got to give up so much if you become a Christian. When, the, when it said, I've got to remind myself where I was before I became a Christian. Because now I can't hardly understand that thinking. It, it so frustrates me. But then I remind myself that's exactly how I used to think Many years ago, gal, I had those Christian friends, and jeez, oh, they were never in the bar with me having fun. They weren't doing the things I was doing and having fun. They were sacrificing all the joys of life, and then all of a sudden, I, I got a little bit uh, <clears throat> carried away in looking at them and looking at me and discovering what I was really living wasn't all that much fun. And they seem to be a lot happier and have a lot more peace and joy than me. And then I finally accepted and received the gift. And you try to explain to people when you receive that gift, it it changes your world. It changes your world. It changes the way you think about everything. Fun, Fun began with my Christian walk. Fun that mattered. Discovering that there is peace. He is the Prince of Peace. There is peace. For all who know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Gal, to be able to walk and, and have this sense of there is no condemnation. I do not have to be condemned, feel condemned, feel ashamed of all those things. And I had a long list, and some of your lists are just as long as mine, that I was ashamed of before I became a Christian. And all of a sudden, I realized that that's all dealt with because of the Christmas gift, the Christmas blessing. The Son of God who went to a cross and died for my sin paid the price. No more guilt. No more shame. A valuable, valuable gift. Jesus himself taught in Matthew chapter 13 with the scriptures. He said, the kingdom of heaven. In other words, we could say becoming a Christian, being saved, being part of his family. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that's hidden in the field, which a man found and he hid He hid it again, and and from joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has, and he buys that field. 
Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls. And upon finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had bought. When he found it, he was, he was looking. When he found it, everything else became worthless in comparison. Nothing, nothing mattered as much as that pearl of great price, that treasure in the field. And whatever he had before then, he sold all of it just so he could get that treasure, that pearl of great price. Really, knowing Christ is worth more than anything else in the world. And really, I could say that statement again and get rid of the word anything else in the world and say knowing Christ is worth more than everything else in the world. There's a scripture that should put the fear of the Lord in us a little bit. In Matthew 16, 26, it says this, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? What will a man gain or give in exchange for his soul? Well, that's a sobering thought. What would it gain me if I had all the wealth of Bill Gates and all those other billionaires wrapped into one if my soul was lost? Nothing. Unless we receive the gift of Christmas. The gift of Jesus. You know, Jesus didn't come to just make a way. Jesus was the way. He is the way. Jesus didn't just come to earth to deliver truth. Jesus is the truth. And Jesus didn't even come just to give life. He says he is life. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and I am a gift to you. To me. Here's the gift. Me, Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. And that word life there is that Zoe life. Zoe in the Greek, the the spiritual, that's the ultimate essence of life. It's the only life that we can have in Christ. When our spirit is born again by the power of God, Jesus is the way, is the truth is the life. But as I've alluded to many times already, this is a gift that has to be received. And God will not force that gift on any of us. It's a gift. The scripture that I had on the title page, 2 Corinthians 9.15 says, Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. but he doesn't force it on any of us. Can you imagine if you had your Christmas celebration with your family or friends and whoever, and you had went to all this work buying the perfect gift, wrapping a perfect gift up so it was just pretty as all get out, and then going over and handing to them, and they just kept giving it back to you, just kept giving it back to you, just kept giving it back to you. Maybe they finally just took it and threw it back under the tree or threw it somewhere. I don't want the gift. That's what so much of the world is doing with this indescribable gift. God keeps 
probing us. He keeps wooing us. He keeps drawing us. You know, the Holy Spirit is a seducer in a sense. He is trying to seduce our heart, always working on us so that we would receive the gift, softening our heart. The hardest of hearts can be softened by the Holy Spirit to receive the gift. If, if we're saved here this morning, your heart was softened because the Bible's clear. You can't make a decision to accept Jesus Christ unless the Holy Spirit is first drawing you. And he's drawing all of us. Every lost person on planet Earth that's ever lived has had enough revelation, enough revelation to receive Christ. They may not have had the Bible. They may have only seen the stars in the sky and the forests, and the trees, or the birds. But the Bible tells us that all creation reveals God. So whatever revelation they've had, they have had an opportunity to accept the Creator God. And for each one of us, boy, we're we're really without excuse. We've got the Word of God. We've got almost 2,000 years of looking back. We can look back and see prophecy after prophecy after prophecy that has been fulfilled by this one person, Jesus Christ. The odds against it happening are, you can't even imagine. But we have to make the decision to receive Christ. John 1, verses 12 and 13. Notice, but as many as received him. As many as received him. To them he gave the right to become children of God even to those who believe in his name. Not just mental assent in his name, but believe in his name means believe that he is who he said he is, that he did what he said he did, and his promises are faithful and true. That's what it means to believe in his name, not some easy, cheap mental assent. It's this conviction that I believe it and I will act upon it, and I will act upon it by receiving the gift of salvation. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but born of God. Not all who hear, not all who have heard, not even all who have agreed with his teaching, because he was a good teacher, not even all those who have attended church every Sunday of their entire life, Not all who have tried to follow the golden rule and be a good person. None of that is necessarily an indication that you have received the gift. They're not bad things. They're just not the thing. The thing is receiving the gift of Christmas. Receiving salvation through Christ. God in the flesh. You know, I I love that song, uh, um, Mary Did You Know? Mary, did you know that when you kiss that baby boy, you kiss the face of God? Just love that thought. God came in the flesh for for us. Personally, he came for you. He came for me, personally. And it requires a personal receiving of the gift. So I really hope and pray that if there's someone here who's never truly, personally received that gift, boy, today would be a great day to do that to receive the gift. And it's really just extending our arms almost as a way of opening ourselves up and saying, you know what, I'm empty, I need you. I'm a sinner, 
I need you. I can't save myself. I need you. And boy, oh boy, the minute we do that and acknowledge our sin and acknowledge who he is, you are a changed being. You are born again by the Spirit of God. And you'll never have another Christmas like the one you had this year. Great time. And for those of us that are Christians, no offense intended, but sometimes our Christian walk and our Christian life looks a lot like our Bible that's sitting on a shelf somewhere in our house covered with dust. And our Christian life looks a lot like that. You're saved, but there's so much more. God has called us to be his hands and feet to share the good news of this incredible gift. He's called us to live a life that reveals Christ to all those around us. He's called us to be Jesus to the world. We can't save anybody, but we can represent him. We're described and called ambassadors for Christ. So I think Christmas is a really good time and it's a really good minder. Just like sometimes we need to go back and say, where's my Bible, honey? And go get it and dust it off. Open it up and let it breathe life into us. Christmas is a good time for us to just say, Lord, awaken my spirit again. Fill me again. I confess that I've not been where I should be, but you know what? I'm going forward. I'm not going to try to stay at this plateau because plateaus have slippery slopes and we don't ever want to go backwards. Christmas, a great time to take that Christian life of ours off the shelf and go to the world and represent Christ. This time I want to show a video. It's only about four minutes long. And I love the music, love the pictures. And also, if you can read wherever you're sitting, for those of you in the back, you might have to really squint. But the Christmas story is in this video. So if you'd turn this, dim the house lights, dim these lights up here too, would you please? And turn it plenty loud so I can hear it. I know we typically don't like to think of the cross when we think of Christmas, but that's what Christmas really was all about. That's why he came. And we get so used to the Christmas story that we forget just how amazing it is and the powerful meaning of that story. That God truly did have to do this. He had to come to earth like that. He had to go to the cross. And the good news is, when that tomb was emptied, It was God's stamp of approval saying the sacrifice is sufficient. The sins are forgiven. It was truly over with. And that's the gift of Christmas available to all of us. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I do rejoice 
in the Christmas story. We rejoice in the joy and the excitement of Christmas. God, we enjoy, we just rejoice and enjoy the, the love of family and friends, the giving and receiving of gifts. God, we just thank you for all of these things. God, we praise you for the fellowship with loved ones. God, we thank you that in all of this, there is still something so much greater, and that's Jesus, the gift, the greatest gift, the indescribable gift that you gave to each one of us who would receive it. So, Lord, I pray this morning that if there's no one here, if there's someone here that has not received that gift, I pray right now. Right now, they would say, I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior that our hearts would truly be prepared to be that manger for Jesus. And for many of us, Lord, we get so wrapped up in the world, and things of the world, the busyness of our days, our work, our schedules. Lord, I pray that this would be a time when we would be reminded that, yes, we have been given the right to be called children of God. But, Lord, we have a responsibility to carry out your commission to go into all the world, make disciples for your glory, advancing the kingdom. We pray, Father, for your Holy Spirit to stir that excitement in us, that, that energy, that desire in us, that we would truly be your hands and feet. We thank you for Christmas and all that it represents. And Lord, now I pray that as we go our separate ways, we pray that this day would be opportunities, filled with opportunities to to bring glory and honor to you in all that we do. I pray for safety and protection as we travel on the roads, and not just for us, but for all who are traveling this day. Watch over them. Keep them safe. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Again, thank you for coming. Drive really carefully. Have a great Christmas day.